Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Take a trip into my garden. I've got so much to show you. The fountains and the waters are begging just to know you. Hi, I'm Dom Alessio, and this is Other Side of the Tracks. Each episode, we feature a new release and talk to the artist about the inspiration, meaning, and stories behind each song. In this episode, we take a look at Bloom, the latest album by 23-year-old singer-songwriter Troy Sivan. Since the 2015 release of his critically acclaimed debut album Blue Neighbourhood, Sivan moved to LA and continued to refine his songwriting. Inspired by a series of personal experiences, he went into the studio wanting to push the boundaries and expectations of pop music. Alongside a number of collaborators, including Leland and Ali X, who you'll hear from in this episode, Sivan created a record that is brimming with confidence. Here's Bloom by Troy Sivan. I think if I could take listeners anywhere, it would be driving with the windows down. I feel like that's where I always do my my best musical listening, with a really good sound system and turn really, really loud. The album's called Bloom, and um, it was inspired by a song that I wrote called Bloom, but the word just kind of like... I mean, I was I was scrolling through some poetry that I was reading, and that word stuck out of me and, and inspired that day of songwriting, and then... The word just kind of like stuck with me. I think it it really reflected, you know, just how I felt about where I was in my life. I feel like I've spent a lot of time over the last couple of years doing a lot of sort of self-actualization, I think. You know, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to achieve and who I wanted to be and, um, and also spent a lot of time not thinking and just kind of like experiencing things and seeing where I ended up. And through all of those experiences, I feel like I've come out the other side. You know, I'm still kind of in it, but I feel like I'm at the moment, at the present moment, just a lot more of a kind of fully realized version of myself. I feel a lot more comfortable in my own skin, a lot more confident, and feel like I know how to get what I want creatively a lot easier. I'm just like super, super happy in my personal life and in my professional life. So everything feels really good. I feel like I've come into my own a little bit. So the first place that I started when I was working on the album was I wanted to go back and get together the old crew. My name is Leland. I'm Ali X. And we have been working with Troy for a few years now since Blue Neighborhood. It was Leland, Ali X, Bram Inscore and myself. And we did like maybe three weeks of writing. That for me was important to kind of get the, I wanted to get the meat of the album and find the sonic landscape and the lyrical landscape and just figure out exactly what I wanted to say. And I came into those sessions so inspired. I had so much, so many musical references and just things that I wanted to show my friends. You know, these are people who have become my best friends over the last couple of years. And it's almost like they're a second half of my brain at this point. So we all just got together and for three weeks just really fleshed out where this album was going to sit. From there, I went and took some of those songs to Ariel Rechshade, who kind of put this last little sparkle on all of these songs and took them to um, really another planet and, and made them... Um, you know, some of the songs that I'm most proud of on the album. 
And then for the last little fun bit, I was like, okay, now that I feel like I've established what I'm trying to say and and the sound and the, um, you know, yeah, just the sounds that I want to use across this album, I think I'm ready to go to um, the Max Martin camp, which I've wanted to do for so long. My thinking was that if you go into that camp kind of not knowing who you are, just because they're so brilliant, it's kind of easy to get bulldozed a little bit. And so I wanted to make sure that I, I came in with like, you know, a couple of tracks to play them to be like, this is where we're at. Now let's just have some fun and find the kind of like poppiest end of this world. And I think we did it. 17 is a song that I wrote. It's about, I basically didn't know any gay people growing up and didn't really have um, that sense of uh, community or commonality with, with anyone. And so um, when I was, you know, coming to terms with who I was, I desperately wanted to find that. And so the only places that I knew where to find that were like gay clubs and um, grinder, and, you know, just like really put myself in some kind of um, questionable situations for a 16-year-old or 15-year-old or 17-year-old. And so, um, yeah, and the thing was, though, that I, I wanted to write a song about it because I think that that's a really universal kind of um, queer experience. But... I I didn't want to look back on those those moments with regret because I, I don't look back on those moments with regret. I think they helped shape me into the person that I am today. But at the same time, I did want to kind of um, just, yeah, mull them over and, and look back on them. Just, yeah, spend a little bit of time kind of just reminiscing without glorifying them and without, you know, painting them again with regret. So it was this really tough balance to find um, that mixture of, like, curiosity and, yes, I want to be here, but... I probably shouldn't be here kind of thing and and we went through about maybe four or five versions of this song like writing wise before we arrived at this one and I feel like we finally kind of captured all of those complexities and, and nuances. It started as this very like moody dark song and, and concept. We were referencing Velvet Underground and then we completely rewrote the hook and then the production became much bigger. It really evolved. It almost evolved into sort of a Taylor Swift moment. <laughs> yeah, it uh, evolved into the opposite of Velvet Underground. <laughs> which I think we were all really happy about once we took a step back and listened again with fresh ears. I'm happy with how it ended. Yeah, me too. Plum, we wrote about a relationship that's kind of standing on its last legs a little bit. Even the most like beautiful, sweet, delicious fruit in the world goes kind of bad eventually. And um, so super pessimistic and sad. Um, happy to say that I'm way past that in my life. It's kind of oddly enough a song that I think is going to make people dance. Like I'm really excited to play it live. Maybe our time is Maybe we're all the chorus of Plum and the post-chorus of Plum, the guitar riff, very much represents the fun, the anthemic, and the colorful side of this album. You know, I think... Uh, 
as Troy has said before, he was making this album with touring in mind, with the live show in mind. And so, you know, when Ali and Troy and I were working on songs, we did have in the back of our minds, would this be fun on stage? Visually, what would this look like on stage? Is this, uh, is this like stadium pop? You know, um, I think that was always a little bit in the back of our minds. Anything that sounds fun to listen to when you're in the studio and you write it, it's just even more fun because it's like, oh, my God, we just made this. And you dance around the room and you blast it. And, you know, so Plum was uh, one of those for me. We were at MXM, uh, which is Max Martin studio. That room especially is fun to dance around in. Yeah. Um, there's just like, I don't know, beautiful like bookshelves with color-coded books and Isn't a lot like of room to dance. Door there's well. a secret door that leads <laughs> that leads like to another bedroom. And um, it's just a really fun room to dance in. And, and when you have a song like that, where you can see that the artist is happy in, in the way that the message that he wanted to say came across. Um, he's happy with how that was delivered. And that song is almost a sad lyric with a happy feel. I know, happy, sad songs are the best. My 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 to me was about capturing a electricity and like an attitude and a feeling. It's basically about indulgence. You know, it's about like that push and pull in the beginning of a relationship where you're not sure if you're going to go for it or not go for it. And then in the chorus, I wanted to capture this like anthemic, like sigh of relief where you're you just like, yeah, let's go for it. So we were in Stockholm and it was like a beautiful day and we took our time and and we weren't rushed walking to the studio, which was so nice. So we got coffee and Oscar Gores asked Troy to sing a bunch of different oohs and ahs, sort of piecing it together and and made what was the intro for My My My, which which also served. It's so cool. and, And it also served as the bed of the production for the whole song. It goes through the, it's like, he chopped it up and and um, and it, it just felt really really cool and it was a cool it was cool for us to write over it. Fun fact as well, that gang vocal is actually all me. I'm pretty sure it's like just me doing different voices. Animal was a really important track for me on the album. I wanted to, I knew that I wanted to have one song in there that was sort of like this epic proclamation of love, something that. Hopefully people can listen to in like 15, 20, 30 years and be like, that's just a great love song, you know? Yeah, it's this song about the most primal, instinctive, raw, real love. I told you something safe Something I've never said before And I, I, I can't keep my hands off you why you lying awake? Covered all in the night before. I'm 
My memory of writing Animal is I had remembered that I had wigs in the trunk of my car that I normally always have there. And so I Why went... Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Um, and so I went to the car, got the wigs, and this was sort of at the beginning process of the album. And so I just wanted us to Be have fun. Be a good start. Yes, have fun and, and not feel like this pressure. Um, so we wore our wigs and Bram, the producer and, and co-writer, he is uh, notoriously soft-spoken and quiet, but uh, but also when he does give his opinion on things, it's it's usually right. And uh, and uh, so he is sitting there at the pro- in the producer chair wearing what I like to call the Kris Jenner wig. <laughs> and I believe I had some sort of bob. And Allie, I was wearing like a red... You were wearing uh, an auburn red. Oh, sorry, uh, Auburn Red. An Auburn Red. <laughs> and Troy, I think, had my Albert Einstein, like, gray <laughs> gray wig. Yeah. And uh, didn't he, like, I feel like he, we filmed, like, a silent video of him, like, cutting vocals in yes. the wig that day. And he posted it, and he was, like, yes. new music on the way. He al- he also was wearing the blonde surfer wig that, oh, yeah. that uh, my friend Dale has put up into, a, a, a like, a high pony. <laughs> high pony. Mm-hmm. Wigs. Wigs. The Good Side was a tough one to write. Um, it was just a song about a very specific situation, um, a breakup that I was going through. I wrote the song long after the breakup, though, and so I kind of had this this distance from it and all of these mixed emotions, you know, because I, I had a lot of guilt surrounding it because I kind of felt like I got the, you know, the lighter end of the breakup. I, I got to go on tour right away and started traveling and, um, yeah, just had just had these experiences that kind of really took my mind off of things. And I don't think that that was the case for the other person involved. And so I had just, yeah, a lot of guilt. We hadn't spoken in a really, really long time. And so the song was sort of an effort of communication to be like, look, this is this was not the way that I wanted things to go at all. And I'm really sorry and empathetic that, that it did go this way. And, um, and kind of like, I hope one day we can we can meet up and and like talk things through and kind of laugh about this hopefully and um yeah it was just a, it was like a letter to to someone that you haven't spoken to in a really long time i got the good side of things left you with both of the rings my fingers danced and swayed in the breeze the change in the wind took you down to your knees I got the good side of you Sent it out into the blue The people danced to the sound of your heart The world sang along to it falling apart We all wanted to approach that song with, and that lyric with respect, with caution, with 
like love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when writing that song, it was just really important to to lyrically craft it in a way that was respectful. Yeah. I got the good side, the good side of things. So Bloom was a fun one to write. We um, we wrote it the day after we wrote My My My, and um, it was me and Leland and a producer called Oscar Holter and another writer called Peter Svensson. And we were in the room and kind of just dawdling because the day before that we had written a song that I thought was really good. So I was kind of like just getting a bit lazy and felt like just chill, uh, no sort of urgency. Um, and out of that came... Leland and I like sort of whispering to each other about like these really cheeky lyrics that we could write. Take a trip into my garden. I've got so much to show you. The fountains and the waters are begging just to know you. Troy and I were sort of doing that lyric in a little corner uh, by ourselves and knew what we were writing about and had not yet let the rest of the room in on that knowledge. and so we were just sort of giggling to ourselves about <laughs> about really what the song was meaning to us. And uh, wait, does it have like a dirty meaning? I'll take it as you will. <laughs> um, and I never, uh, I never took it there, but from but now on, from now on. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. started to just write this um yeah this really kind of like fun song that i don't think we would have written had we have been taking the session seriously and we were like left the studio and we were like this is you know isn't that so weird how the one day you can write my 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 and then the next day you can leave with nothing you know and then the producer the next day we actually postponed our session with him the next day because we were like that didn't really work out but um we were in the same building as him and it was so we had this like awkward sort of like moment where he cornered us and he was like hey I can I have like five minutes of your time before you go into your other session because I I worked on the song a little bit last night and I was like oh god I feel really bad and we went in and he played it for us and he had completely completely flipped the song and turned it into this like really like big like perfect sounding pop song it kind of feels like a Katy Perry song or something almost and um I'm a huge pop head and so is Leland and we just kind of like looked at each other wide-eyed and we were like, wait a second, is this actually good? Yeah, so we just started, we like finished the song and there is, there's this like attitude of us not taking it too seriously at all and it's kind of ironic that I think that the song that sounds like the sort of most straight down the middle pop song on the album happens to be sort of the most like cheeky song on the album.
Dance to this came about from a session in LA and we referenced a Janet Jackson song um, that day. And it was, I had seen Janet Jackson at the Hollywood Bowl the night before. It was this like really percussive song that just made me again want to dance. And the thing is though, that I'm like not at all a party animal. I love to stay at home and do nothing. And um, I started to feel like, you know, we were talking in the, in the room and I was like, you know what, after a while, all of these parties kind of start to feel like the same thing and like deja vu you know Groundhog Day just the same party over and over again and so the song is about um, you know we can just stay at home and dance to whatever's on in the house and cook dinner and like make out and call it a night you know we can just dance to this don't take much to start me we can just dance to this push up on my body you know we already seen all of the parties we can just dance to this You know, as we're writing the song, we were talking and saying, oh, this this feels really good. This feels really nice. And then towards the end, we were all bopping and again, dancing around the studio. Once we were living with the song, we definitely discussed it in the room. This should be a duet. I wasn't sure if there was going to be any features on the album because the album feels so personal. And this was the first song that I was like, this could benefit from a female vocalist specifically Ariana Grande (laughs) and it was like it just popped into my head and I was like that you know her voice like belongs on this song I know uh, Troy said this before and he's so like sweet and humble and does not see himself I would say like as like a full the full-blown like pop star that he is but he worked up the courage to text Ariana the song. Luckily enough, her and I met maybe two years prior and have kept in touch and she's a good friend. And so I I texted her the song and um, she was super, super into it. And I had it back three days later with her vocal on it. Postcard was the first song that I actually wrote at all for this album because Gordy was in LA and I'm a huge fan of her and um, she was only there for like three days and I hadn't started writing or anything, but they were like, do you want to do a session? I was like, yes, please. So we came in and I was like, I have no idea what my album is going to sound like. So let's just write this song on piano, you know? And so we started and we wrote this really sweet song about kind of like that moment where you realize that your partner is not perfect. I sent you a postcard from Tokyo, baby You never picked it up I even wrote it in Japanese, baby That moment that follows it where you have a decision to make Like, you know, am I gonna deal with this and and push through And try and like, you know, find out what's on the other side Or am I gonna not? The moment of pushing through and falling like even deeper in love after you know, kind of accepting their flaws and them accepting yours um, and finding like a way deeper love than you kind of knew existed. That's what the song's about. And so we wrote it and I was like, again, production-wise, I don't even know where to begin. So let's just track it on piano. And we started recording and I've never done this before, but there was like no metronome, no um, production at all, just piano and vocal. We did it live, one take, and that's the version that's going to be on the album. We started 
you know, we put a little bass guitar on it afterwards and Gordy put her vocals on it and did these like really haunting like background vocals. And then she did this bridge that like literally stops my heart every time I hear it. I, I feel like the air gets sucked out of the room. Um, and yeah, her voice is just so beautiful and it's such an intimate moment on the album that I really appreciate. But you're still picking me up Don't put me back down Like it's nothing to you Yeah, you're still picking me up Don't you put me back down Don't you put me back down Like it's nothing to ya Like it's nothing to ya Take your time, pull me in, push me out Simplify all the whispers of doubt Cause I know what you're thinking about The experience of writing this album and Blue Neighborhood with Troy have been some of the most positive um, of my time that I've spent in Los Angeles, which has been coming up on five years now. Like Without even getting into the songwriting aspect, just Troy as a person is uh, so giving, so intelligent, really funny, really special. He's just a really special person and a joy to be around. And... And to get creative with, you know, there, there's so many rooms that you get put in for these writing sessions where you're with someone who doesn't really know what they want and they're just looking for something that sounds like something else so that it can get on the radio. And, and Troy really approaches it from a, from a very authentic, artistic place. He has a lot of integrity. I am just really grateful that we all found each other uh, at these specific times um, and that we are all at a place where we can, I, f- I feel like we are good at what we do and are able to contribute in that way. There are definitely projects, I would say, that a lot of projects are not uh, as, don't come together as easy and don't have the same chemistry. We've captured really something special and I think we all recognize that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just really nice. Leland and Ali X have become like two of my best friends in the whole world and the journey of um, you know writing these two albums with them has been such a personal one and I'm forever indebted to them I feel like every little melody and every little lyric they give me has just been like such a gift and I'm so thankful that um, you know I get to put my name on these songs at the end of the day with their brilliant ideas in them Um, and so yeah wherever possible I want to share the love because they um, are on this journey and along for the ride as much as I am. So it's amazing. Troy Savan's Bloom is available now. To see the videos or for tour details, visit troysavan.com. Other Side of the Tracks is produced in Sydney, Australia by U Music Media House, a subsidiary of Universal Music Australia. This episode was edited and mixed by the teams at Eardrum and Forbes Street Studios. For more, visit othersideofthetrackspod.com. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 